James for three. Bang! At the buzzer! We're talking about practice. Welcome to another episode of the Buckets and Beards podcast. And I know I've said this the last couple of weeks, but holy crap, we have a lot to talk about this week. There's no avoiding it. There's just so much going on. And the next week before the trade deadline is going to be insane. Yep, everything's picking up like teams are just starting to make moves. And there's just some big storylines that are happening at the moment. Some very big ones this week, that's for sure. So let's play your intro. If you want a refreshing drink, I would tell you to drink it. No matter what that cucumber says. Bruh, man, say it. No. All right, Foss, this week's very unofficial drink sponsor. Unofficial. Very unofficial. Is an oldie but a goodie. We've gone back to Flavoured Fanta. Flavoured Fanta. Yep, so you can take your pick. You've got exotic or strawberry. What are you is this? Is this off my history lesson last week? It could well have been. Um, could have been the inspiration. Can't confirm nor deny anything. I'll go the strawberry. Strawberry's all yours. Yeah. Cheers. That's exotic. I'm not getting much strawberry through in this one. Yeah, look, it's, just, it's just a bit sweet. Look, I didn't know how much strawberry you're going to get, but hey, it's worth a try. Contains no juice. There's no strawberry juice in it. It's just sugar. It's just lots of sugar. Like Sugar Fanta. and bubbly water. Fanta is one of the most sugar-heavy drinks you can net buy. So, Oh, look, we're not having a health lesson here, but yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. All right, so... Where do we guess, start this week, Foss? I guess the where I was looking to start this week is just talking about some of the unpredictability of the NBA at the moment. It's all over the shop. Like, in my opinion, in the East and the West, you look at the top five or six teams in each division, or conference, sorry, um, they could literally walk out of their side of the conference. Like, any given day, one through six could beat any other team. Yeah, absolutely. Any any time there's a, a marquee matchup and the, the players are turning up to play, you just can't predict it. I think LeBron said in an interview after they lost to the Hawks, he's like, you know, we can come out on any given night and beat the best teams in the league, yeah. but then we'll come up and get someone else and get our asses hand to us. And you got like Boston. They did, uh, Lakers played them the other day and they didn't have AD or LeBron. And they came out and beat Boston. Yeah, Boston were 15-point favorites to win that game, and they lost. And like, we're seeing that everywhere, too. Yeah. There's so many games now we're looking at, and it's, you know, again, we mentioned this a couple of times, you know, Charlotte going into Sacramento and winning. Yep. Like, that, if you're, if you're a betting man, you're going to struggle. Um, like, I'm looking at, like, your five and your six seeds in the East and the West. Like, you got Philly and Indiana at the moment, and then you've got Sacramento and Phoenix at the moment. And you're like... And Phoenix could do anything. Like, you've probably got Miami sitting below there in the East. Yep. And we saw what they did last year. Yep. And Orlando, they just need to start playing a bit more consistent towards this back half of the year. Like, we talked about them um, being a young team, and they're going to get tired, yeah. and they're going to, like, struggle for a bit, but they need to come good. Um there's so many teams out there that you can make a legitimate case for for 
pushing at least to the conference finals. Well, you had Denver the other week. Then they're they're sitting fourth in the West, so they're not up there, but they are still up there and stuff. But they beat Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia, who were third at the time, who have dropped a little bit now. So the top three teams in the East, they've just come through and annihilated. And then who did they lose to after that? Uh, they've lost to OKC, which you can sort of look at and go, oh, okay, fair enough. But they, um, they lost to a bottom dweller, didn't they? They did. And I was looking Portland. to see... They lost to Portland. Oh, yeah. They lost to Portland at one point, but they did beat them yesterday. Um, they got absolutely smashed by the Knicks, like 38 points, you know, lost to the Knicks. They're beating the teams that they should beat generally but you know they've had a loss to utah they've had a loss to orlando um so they're not like unbeatable absolutely not and again we we keep banging on about health but it is such a key contributor at the moment because the games that for denver for example you know joker sits out they're they're struggling a bit more they don't quite have the same production from aaron gordon from michael porter jr from kcp that they did last year yeah, so it's a it's a little bit of a, um, a a juggling act for a team like Denver, I think, at the moment. But then the flip side to that is you mentioned Philly, and how they've managed to beat Philly. They've beaten them in Philadelphia. They've beaten them at home. But Embiid has not played in Denver since two thousand and nineteen. Yes, and um, by the looks of it, that's not going to change anytime soon. Yes, but I guess where i want to start here is uh the new york knicks so my team are absolutely killing it at the they moment. are flying and i feel like they are legitimate contenders in the east now like we need randall to come back and be healthy and they're saying um, he's only going to miss weeks yes not months he's, he's not going to be out long term like dislocated shoulder they thought it was going to be bad to begin with but he's uh gonna have yeah less time off than they thought but they had their best month in 31 years. Which is insane. And they are currently on a nine-game winning streak. And they've got the Lakers at home today as we record, today's Sunday. So they could but conceivably get 10 in a row. It's the team Coach Tibbs wanted when he first got to New York. They are just a hard-working, hustling team. Just your working man team. Like Their stars do the dirty work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brunson has recently become the first all-star for the Knicks. Oh, sorry, all-star guard for the Knicks since Mark Jackson. And that was in the 80s, wasn't it? It was like 89. Something like that. It was all early 90s. And even then, I know Mark Jackson, I think he's he's top 10 all-time in assists in the NBA. He wasn't a scorer. Not like what Brunson is, but Brunson is this big bodied point guard that can put the ball in the hoop he can distribute you've got Hanstein who just gobbles up offensive rebounds for breakfast Josh Hart who is one of my favorite players in the NBA again another just big bodied hustling defender you had a newbie who's come in and fitted in beautifully DiVincenzo underrated signing and like you said, with Randall, you just need him to be back and healthy. I just, I just want to put Brunson in the MVP conversation now. I think he should be, like, especially now that Embiid's injured. There is no reason he should not be. Like at the moment in the NBA MVP rankings, you've got uh, Joker, who is number one at the moment, who's twenty six points, twelve rebounds, nine assists, like solid, solid stat line. SGA, SGA is second at the moment with thirty one, five and six. 
But Brunson isn't even in the top five, and he's averaging 27, 4, and 6. So, like, it, it's almost as good up there. Like, I had a look. He's averaging more points than Giannis, more assists than Giannis, and Giannis is sitting third at the moment. Yeah. So, Giannis, like, is, Giannis is our own reputation, let's be yes, honest. But we like, talked about this last week, yeah. and we'll talk about it again later today. Brunson should have been an all-star starter. No question. Oh, yes, 100%. Like he he's been outplaying Lillard all season long. Yeah. Um. And I guess you touched on it a little bit then about Embiid. Um, yeah. And how he's going to be pretty much out of contention now for any of the awards and that sort of thing. So that's the sixty-five game threshold that the NBA brought in this year. Um. For those that aren't aware, so the NBA came in with a rule that players need to play 80% of games, which yep. worked out to be 65 games for the season to be eligible to win individual awards or also to be an NBA uh, first, second, third teams and all defensive and all that sort of thing. And that makes that, that has huge ramification when it comes to contract triggers because yeah, you win an MVP or you, you get an, a first, second, third team selection. Well, you're, that, you're, that can you're, trigger a supermax. You're beating me to the punch here, mate, yeah. a little bit. Um, but so at the moment, you've got... Players that are already out of contention, players that aren't going to be able to be in these teams like Kyrie Irving's missed 21, Darius Garland, who I think was NBA or second team or third team last year, he's missed 24. Bradley Beal's already missed 24, who's he's a constant name in those NBA first teams mm. and that sort of thing. Um, but you've got some players on the bubble that like, if they continue to be injured, are not going to be eligible for this. So you've got Embiid's missed 13, but yep. he's torn the meniscus in his knee. So he seems to be out for a while. So we're gonna, just going to take him out. Of I think you can put a line through him now. Like a meniscus injury, depending on where it is and what type of injury to the meniscus, it could be two weeks, it could be eight. And for a dude that's seven foot already having knee issues, I'm, I'm going like it's longer. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Jimmy Butler down in Miami. He's missed 13. Chris Tapps was has missed 14. Jamal Murray's missed 14. CJ McCollum's missed 13. Tyrese Halliburton's missed 13. So they're all players that, like, if they've got a lot of the season, so over half the season to go, where they're like... Now, I'm not a mathematician, but if you've got to play 65 games, it means you can't miss more than 17. So yes. once you miss your 18th game, yeah. you're out of contention for those awards. And even Tyrese Halliburton's come out in the media and, and basically said he doesn't like the rule because... Yeah, he's injured his hamstring. Like, that can be a niggling one. Yeah. They can't sit him. For, if he misses and, five more games, he's done. He and you, you, man, you broke, beat me to the to the punch before. And then, like, should incentives be in people's contracts for making these awards? Because, realistically, Embiid was having knee issues, and that's why he, he sat out in Denver, and I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, if for those, because we don't have video. But, um, look, look, Embiid apparently from what I heard this morning, is having the best season in history of scoring per like points per minute. Like, that's legit to be able to be putting that up. Like, that's better than when Wilt averaged 50 per game in a season. But when we're not talking about his effectiveness. We're talking about should he, having knee issues, played that game, and I understand Kaminga fell on his knee, which is the reason he's done his meniscus, but he was already having knee problems after that and probably felt like... He needed to play that game because he wants to get millions of dollars for getting in those uh, oh, awards. Absolutely, like that's exactly why I would have been playing. So it. there's there's all the players have come out saying these rules are stupid because they're going to miss out on revenue. 
And the NBA- I don't, I don't, I, me personally, I don't think they should have like incentives to making these teams and stuff. It should be an honor, not something you're trying to get paid to do. So like the NBA brought these rules in because they were sick of the big name players on national TV not playing. Like yeah. the, the Spurs have, were fined so many Which is times. a business. It's a business. Yeah, yeah. And you, you get those big names playing, the NBA makes money. That's exactly what it is. I understand that from their point but of view. I, but I'm with you. So that's what I was saying. Like with Embiid, he's having an amazing season. He has these knee injuries. If you want to keep him on the floor, you've got to give him the rest. And if, yes. and if, and if he's next contract is tied to what he does this season he's not going to be afforded that rest yes so I, i'm with you i don't quite know how they he was having change a, it. he was having an amazing year but his his body is has always broken down on him in the past um he's always had issues like coming into the league he'd already had like two back surgeries and that sort of thing so like that's why he fell in the draft as well because um teams weren't willing to take him for his back issues. Yeah, yeah. And um, now he's struggled perennially with, with his knees. And again, when you're seven foot and that big and heavy and explosive, people People um, criticized him for sitting out in Denver, which might have also played in his mind about, hey, I've got to go out against the Warriors and I've got to be that guy because like, people are criticizing me about being weak and that sort of stuff. And then he gets this injury, which is going to put him out even longer. Yeah. And look, he is copying a lot of, a lot of heat in the media for it. But if you look at the statistics this season, his finishing rate around the ring hasn't changed, but his volume of dunks is significantly down on previous seasons because he just doesn't have that explosiveness. And we, I talked about um, last week in his 70-point game when I watched the highlights for that. Like, he was just getting to his spot around that free-throw line, mate. Yeah. And nobody could stop him. It was <laughs> the easiest baskets you'll ever think. But he wasn't exploding the rim as much no. as what he probably did and that's, in the past. that's absolutely where his knee is, is letting him down. Um, is there anything else we really want to talk about in this section? You got anything else, Dad? No, I think it's just something that the NBA is going to have to look at. And because... well, I, I think there is going to have to be a review in this system yeah. as well. Because... Um, like just over think, the last, I think the all NBA teams threshold is down to fifty-eight games. So I don't know. I know it's twenty percent and stuff, but why have two different values of games? It doesn't make sense, things? does it? Like you either have it all one or all the other. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And at the end of the day, I know we've touched on this in the past too. Is that if you've got Embiid, for example, and he only plays fifty games, and then you get Joker that plays seventy-five or SGA that plays eighty. Embiid's not going to beat them for MVP anyway. Yeah. Because you don't have the body of work there. And the people that vote on are going to go, yeah, Embiid had an amazing season, but he only played 50 games. And um, you said that you listened to NBA today. Correct. Um, today. And I listened to it yesterday. But Mike Wilburn on there came out and he was just like, he had players come up to him when he was an analyst and actually got to vote on the awards and stuff, being like, are you really going to give this guy votes over me? I've played majority of the season like yes they're putting up things but they've sat out so many games yeah and that sort of stuff and that always played in the back of his minds as someone putting in votes um no yeah you're absolutely right like i think you have to have that as in the forefront of your mind yes and i I guess the question raised again which we've raised on this podcast before is like is there going to be a question mark over this mvp yeah because it's the first time they've done this like we know in the last few years they've changed the rules like they've brought in the in-season tournament um, they're trying to fix the all-star game because it's trash. This is another thing they've tried to fix to try and get the best players on the court. And you can make an argument to say that it has worked for someone like Kawhi Leonard and Paul yep. George. Like They've played bulk games. LeBron's played bulk games. 
But these guys, you know, this is the first season in years that Kawhi's actually healthy. Yes. So you look at that and go, okay, is he actually just genuinely healthy? Yeah. Or has this rule made a difference? They keep coming out and saying that there's no research to suggest that load management and those sorts of things work. Yeah. So then why even is put in these sorts of rules? Just find the teams if they don't play the best players on national TV. Finishing point, would it be, instead of having incentives in their contracts, would it be if they get voted in, they have some sort of incentive there so so if like, you're like first team you get a million dollars second yeah. team look something like that could absolutely work but at the same time i think you could like you said incentivize it in your contract and go okay if if Kawhi leonard makes an all nba team he triggers a, a two million dollar bonus but that's what that's what they already have yeah so that's that's i but think i'm that, like but i feel like that's like where so you're saying should the, people, should the people, nba I, I think they should take incentives out of contracts for these okay i and feel like the, i feel NBA like the nba it? should be doing yeah because um, as like Embiid like had in his back of his mind, he goes, "I'm going to make bank if I win MVP." Because yeah. he's probably in his contract that he gets like a twenty million dollar bonus or something. Yeah. Like I think Halliburton came out saying that if he doesn't make um, All NBA and All NBA first, second, or third team or something, like he misses out on forty million dollars. Yeah, and that's that's because his if he makes that team, he'll trigger eligibility for a supermax for his next contract, yeah. and you know you have a, an injury like Embiid this year where another player has fallen on him, if that means you're ineligible for that Supermax next season, that's that's particularly unfair. I think I you mentioned thought. to me during the week too that um, maybe they should bring in like an injury clause or something where um, like a player could potentially get voted in if there's a legitimate injury reason why they're missing games. Yeah. Um, and not just sitting out being weak little bitches. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like someone like Steve Adams, who was just traded this week from Memphis to Houston for a packet of donuts and a washing machine in, Vo- in Victor Oladipo. Um, you know, he hasn't played a single game because he was ruled out before the season. Would that mean if he was a contract year for him, should he be ineligible for anything because he hasn't been able to play because he hasn't pl- suited up the whole season? What do you mean ineligible? Like, so if you know, we're talking about triggering a supermax. Yeah. So I'm using Steve Adams' example because he was the first person I think thought of that hadn't played all season. Ja Morant might be a better example. He was only able to play a handful of games because of suspension and then doing his shoulder so he misses the rest of the season. If this was a contract season for him, he wouldn't be eligible for a Supermax because of what's happened this season because of a significant injury. Is that fair? When you look at his body of work prior to that where he's been a superstar in the league. Yeah, I, th- I think there should be, a, like they should have a redshirt season like they do in college. Yeah. Like, all right, Ja Morant um, came back, played 18 games, whatever he did, did his shoulder out for the rest of the year, redshirt him. Yep. So exactly this, this, this season's a write-off. Um, look at his previous work for his next contract. And Zach Levine's exactly the same. We read this morning look that he's at, out maybe, for the rest maybe of the like season. Lonzo Ball. Yeah, Lonzo Ball, exactly right. But in saying that, he's missed three years. But, so it might be a bit different for him. Like, But there needs to be something for yes, the players. They're, like, they're definitely done. As you said... It's a business. It's all about a business for the NBA, but it's a business for the players. And if you had a redshirt season like that, there might be incentives for the team in replacing that player, like getting yeah. someone else in. Like if they redshirt that player, like I know they've got the injury roster and stuff, yeah. they sit them on that and stuff, but they might have a redshirt roster where they, they actually just get put them on that and then 
they get some more salary cap or something to, some, to, yeah, you to can, help them. You can get the yeah the injury hardships and those sorts of things, but I know what you're saying. So yeah, there, there definitely needs to be some tweaking to the rules. Yeah, and I think we're uh, rambling on a little bit. So, we're getting off track a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, we we might we might just leave this segment here. <laughs> they do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six tenths of a second remaining. All right, George. I just want to say how ballsy that shot from Curry was. It was ridiculous. It is a memory that is just huge. All right. So on our other podcast, we looked at the uh, all-star starters, but the reserves have now been named. So now is a good opportunity for us to uh, go through them. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you want to start? East or West? Um, I think the East will be a bit easier to start with. East is simple. Um, so... We'll just do a quick recap of the starters. So we had Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum. And then this week, we have uh, the forwards in the reserves. We've got Bam Adebayo, Pablo Banquero, Jalen Brown. Uh, and then we also... Oh, and Julius Randle. And then in the guards, we've got Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, and Donovan Mitchell. Now, look, I'm, I'm pretty okay with that. The only thing, like we mentioned previously, is I think Brunson should have been a starter over Dame. Uh, with Randall's shoulder injury, he won't play. Yes, so there he, will, he will be. He will sit out due yeah. to his injury. Um, so there will be a replacement named in due course. Yes. Any um, thoughts? Look, nobody really comes to mind because it would have to be a forward, wouldn't it? Forward center. I'm not sure how the um, rules work around that. I think I think they do need a certain amount, but KP, Jared KP Allen could be out there. Um, I don't think Jared Allen's played enough this year to probably warrant being an All Star. Um, I'm just trying to think. Tobias Harris, he's had a good season. Yeah, but has he maybe. been an All Star? I don't know. Um, but yeah, like all of them, all of them, pretty much. Uh, fit the bill. I don't think there was any snobbings in, no. in the East. Um, yeah, no one like that's super deserving missed out. Is, like, I'm happy that Bancaro's in there. Embiid's going to need to be replaced. Embiid well, will need to he? be replaced. So KP, as well. I reckon KP will get in. I think you're pretty on on point with that one. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Buckets just on reputation alone. Yeah. Um, but if you've anyone else out there's got any thoughts, hit us up on our socials and let us know. Maybe maybe Franz missing. Wagner. Has he done enough? He's he's been alright. Yeah. Who um, knows? Who knows? I don't know if it has to be like for like. I can't remember what the rules are around that. But no, like those those picking uh, for the reserves is is pretty spot on. Like yep. I'm not I'm not complaining about any of them. I don't think anybody that should have got in there has missed out. Um, but Brunson should have been in there for Lillard. Um, yeah, but we, we I, talked about that last week, and and we'll probably talk about that all season long. And as we just talked about earlier in the episode, you know, Brunson is for MVP. Exactly, he's he's up there for that conversation. That's how good of a season he is having. But the West, there's certainly a little bit more debate about the West. So starters are Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, SGA, LeBron, and the Joker, with the reserves being named as Booker. Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Ant Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carly Anthony Towns. I Stop don't calling like him Carly Anthony Towns. No, I know we happen. don't like him, but but it's always going to happen. 
Call him Big Cat. Big Cat. Yes, because he's a little pussy. <laughs> no. Um, um, I think there's a couple of players that might have been overlooked here. Yes, well, definitely. Um, who's who's your first one? You, Look, you I, go th- to? I think the first player that rates a mention is Demata Sabonis. Um, he's having a great season for Sacramento, who are sneakily fifth in the West, but he's putting up solid numbers. Like he's averaging. 20 points, 13 rebounds, and eight assists. And yet that doesn't make him an all-star. Yes. And it comes down to a bit about like where they're positioned on the ladder as well. Because at the moment, you've got two Lakers in there who are sitting, what, 11th in the West. Yep. You've got Steph from the Warriors who are 12th. So you've got Book named who's, you know, the Suns are sixth. So it's a bonus. Averaging a little less points than AD, so AD's up to twenty. Uh, AD is up to twenty four point nine. Mm-hmm. Twelve rebounds, but only three and a half assists a game. Sabonis so is a more complete player. Oh, hundred percent. But I guess like it, AD it, has is having his best season in a very long yes, time, and, and he's staying on the court. We've we've always talked about yeah. health and that sort of stuff, and how AD can be one of the best players in the NBA is he when just, he's fit. Is he just getting picked on reputation? Oh, hundred percent. Like it's it's an all star game. They want big names in there, um, and you you got to put the the mono brow in there. Yeah, I think Darren Fox. But they're, they're, I'm not saying like I would, I would reckon on play alone, Sabonis should be in there over AD. Yeah, yeah, and I think Darren Fox also from Sacramento is another player that's a little bit unlucky. Who would you put? Who out. would you put him over the top of though? Instead of probably Book, to be honest. Yeah. Like Devin Booker's had Devin Booker's had a good season. Don't get me wrong. Like he's averaging twenty eight points, five rebounds, seven assists. But the team aren't winning as much as we'd like to see. Um, De'Aaron Fox is twenty seven points, four rebounds, five assists, two steals, three triples. Yeah. Like again, it's a pretty complete package. Yeah. Um, but I. Don't mind the fact that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have both got in. No, I'm okay with that. Um, like, I feel like they're having their best seasons in a while. Like, they're both staying on the court they're healthy. a bit more. Um, well done to Anthony Edwards for getting in there. Um, I think he's going to be actually a really good player to watch. In he's the, very in deserving. The Curry's in there because he's Steph Curry. He's carrying. He is carrying the Warriors. But again, I've just brought up Steph's stats. 27 points, four rebounds, five assists to steal, and nearly five threes a game. Yeah. Like, that's legit. Yes, the teams suck, Yeah, but that's great statistics individually. Are they as good as uh, Booker's, though? Like He's averaging more uh, triples than Book, less assists. Okay. So, because Booker is playing more of the point guard at the moment. But is, has Booker been picked on his last two weeks of work where he's had a couple of huge scoring explosions? It might be. It might be that. That, like, he's fresh in the coach's mind. Because um, we should probably let those that aren't aware at home that the coaches from the East and the West, so the best coach from each uh, division, actually goes and picks the reserve players. Yep. Um, Big sh- cat. Should there have been another OKC player in the West? Because who? they are sitting one at the moment. Yeah, but who? You're probably looking at Chet. No. No Chet? No. What about Jalen Williams? No. Josh not, Giddy? No. Giddy's season has not been as good as last year. Chet. So you wouldn't you wouldn't pick Chet as a reserve over Big Cat? 
what what's Chet's statistics? Can right, you let, can you let, bring them up? Let you me bring get them up. Because I've got I've got big cats you've, in front of me fi- now. You fill in the podcast while I look yeah, up yeah, the yeah. stats here. I've got big cats stats in front of me. So big cats, twenty three points, nine rebounds, three assists, a steal, almost a block, and two threes a game. Ah, it's loading. It's loading. Get and they're the best team, arguably, in the West. Yeah, look, he's probably doing a bit better than Chet at the moment. So Chet's uh, 17 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2.5, uh, 2.7 assists. So Chet is Rookie of the Year, but he's not an All-Star. Not an All-Star yet? No. Um, and I don't think Jay Will's quite there yet either. I guess it comes down to like, um, I always think like the top couples of teams should have a couple of stars in there. Um, but I guess that comes down to the old adage that most of the teams up there are super teams where they've got a couple of stars playing for them. Well, I'm kind of looking, I'm kind of thinking about OKC in my mind where they've only really got one star. Jalen Williams, 19 points, four rebounds, four and a half assists, the yeah, steal so and triple. He's still a bit of a role player. He's yep. not quite good enough to be up there. But do you know what I think it comes down to is that OKC are a great team. Yes. And that's why they're winning. Yes. They... I play play very good team basketball. I think I've touched on this before. I think uh, SGA plays a bit too much ISO for them sometimes. Yeah. Um, but when they're moving the ball, they have players that have bought into the system and are playing their roles and it's working. Yeah, that's the thing. They're, they're doing it as a team. They're, they're playing within the system. And, and the same, you, you could say the same about the T-Wolves at the moment yeah. as well. They're playing within their system. They've got a few more stars on their team, but those stars have bought into that culture. Yeah, and you mentioned you know, the, the top teams having more players um, represented. You, know, you can make the same argument for Jamal Murray at Denver. He's yeah. having his best season since the bubble. Yeah, 21 points, four rebounds, six and a half assists, a steal, a block, and two triples. Yeah, but it still doesn't compare to the other guards. Like exactly. Your Booker and your Curry. He's not um, He's not putting up the individual statistics yeah. like the other guys are. Yeah. Um, but he's he's one of those players, Murray, when he's on, like he could drop 50 at the drop of a hat. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... So what would you do? East, we're, we're pretty okay with. We, we know obviously Embiid and Randall are going to have to be replaced. Yeah be interesting to see who gets the nod. Is but, it but is, West, would you make any changes to that to that roster? Well, I, I I think Sabonis should be in there, yes. Instead of Um I'd probably put him in instead of AD. Okay. Yeah. Um or maybe Cat. They they're the two th- they're the two that I'd be like Sabonis is having a better year then. For me, I'd put him in there over AD just because like we just said, Minnesota are winning. Yes. Big Cat's playing really really good basketball in a winning team. I'd have him in in the All-Stars team. Yeah. Um, and Fox does deserve a nod, but I think, is it does it come down to, and here's a question for you, the fact that they're playing in Sacramento and it's a smaller market team. That definitely affects it. Yeah. Like... Uh, they don't, don't have the national media attention. We don't hardly talk about Sacramento here oh, at all. Oh, I hardly hear anything. Of yeah. It. Like, I'm on all of the NBA and Bleacher Report and all that sort of like ESPN and stuff and you barely hear anything about Sacramento. Not going to lie. When I just looked at the uh, the standings 10 minutes ago and saw that they were fifth. Yeah. that's That surprised me. Yeah. Like I know they're a good team and they're very well coached, but 
I didn't think they were doing that well. But like we just said, Steph is having a great season. He's been relatively healthy. You can't not have him in there. Would you, because I know you're a Hawks fan, Mm. what do you feel about Trey Young not making it? So three times in NBA history, a player has averaged more than 25 points and 10 assists and not been an all-star. Trey Young's done it twice. There was another dude in the 80s whose name I can't remember. So Hawks have been terrible this year. They haven't won enough games, I don't think. And again, maybe he comes in as a replacement. If you can replace Embiid or Randall with With a a small, maybe he's the the first one to come in. But if it's got to be a big, then we're thinking, you know, it's KP, it's someone like that. The only player on there where I was a bit like, oh, look, you could probably maybe put Trey Young above this person and stuff was Donovan Mitchell. But then I looked at the Cavs who are actually sitting fourth in the East and they've had a lot of injuries. So Mitchell has has actually had to carry them a lot. He has has had a lot on his back. Exactly right. So I I have no issue with Donovan Mitchell being picked over Trey. Um, It's just interesting to see that, again, is it because Atlanta's a smaller market that, or is it because Trey is sometimes dubbed as a selfish player who doesn't play defense that he's missing out on these all-star selections? But the all-star game's not about defense. No, it's about shooting threes from as far yeah. out as possible, which is what Trey Young does. Yeah, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him as a replacement for those two injuries. Yeah, again, like I said, if, if, it can, if it has to be like for like, he's not a chance. But if it doesn't have to be like for like, he could be in there with KP for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Puts up a three, long go, rebound, Bosch, back out to Allen, his three-pointer, bang, tie game with five seconds remaining. Spurs do not have a timeout. It's been a big episode so far, Foss, but there's one more thing we want to touch on, and this is something I know you're very passionate about, so I'm, I'm going to throw to you and, and let, you, let you go, but we want to talk about how the AAU, so for those playing at home, the college basketball system and below in America is shaping the NBA and how the European players are having a, a more dramatic effect on the game. I guess, at the moment. I guess it's not just the AAU, which is more high school, but then also the college system in America, how it just is not promoting good basketball. Um, it promotes very good individual, individual basketball, basketball schools, yes. not team basketball um like yes like you aau is obviously summer um high school basketball in america so they take the best uh players from around america and they take them to tournaments and they play in teams and you bring the best players together which is good because they get to know other people around that level like you always hear stories about um players uh just meeting each other at these aau tournaments and stuff and being lifelong friends um and that sort of thing uh, but it's just, it's very selfish individual basketball. And I guess social media as well is a big thing on this where it's all just highlight packages of these players just absolutely dominating over kids less skilled as them and it putting really up is. big numbers. And it's and it's just not promoting the right style of basketball. And it's drummed into these kids from such a young age that they're going to be superstars and they're going to play in the NBA and blah, blah, blah. Yes. And, you know... As much as it pains me to say, Bronny James at the moment is getting so much media attention, but he's not doing very much. Yeah, he's not doing much at all. But um, 
I guess you look at players that have grown up outside of America. So um, any of the Europeans, the like you like South Americans, the Luka, Australians. Giannis, Joker, Embiid, Sengun. You look at players like Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Louis Scola. Maybe even like a Joe Ingles at the moment yeah. who, who like... Um, played a lot in Europe before coming over. Like he was a he was a pretty old rookie by maybe, the time maybe, he got to the Jazz. Maybe Joe Ingles pre knee injury. Yes, but, but yeah, absolutely. But they they just play the game right. They've been taught from a very early age the fundamentals of playing as a team, passing the basketball, defending, defending. Like they play both ends of the court, and and you see that in in Luca, like the way they control the game. He plays at his own pace. He's not afraid of sharing the ball. Yes. He can put the ball in the basket. Like he's a still, lot. he's still a really good player, and his defense is probably a bit lacking. But he knows what he's doing on defense. He's, he's just, not a he's, liability. He's not a liability. He's just probably a little lazy. Yeah. Um, he's probably just tired and, because he does have to score for. And Dallas. then coming out of these AAU tournaments, one thing I want to say is like these players are highly recruited because they put up big numbers and they are very athletic and stuff. Like I've said it to you in the past, and I'm pretty sure. You don't even need to be a good basketball player to make the NBA these days as long as you're a tall and freak athletic. athlete. Yeah, tall and athletic. Um, but the one-and-done system in college basketball as well, I feel like, is ruining the NBA game as well. Because you get these players coming in, they play one year of college, and then they just are taking too long to develop in the NBA. You look at how many players are essentially busts because yep. of it. And someone like... Uh, Wiseman, who you know, number two pick for Golden State, yep. got traded for Detroit. Can't even get on the court for he his sat, crappy he sat Detroit out team. most of his one year in college too because of money under the table things at Memphis. But he was, so he didn't he didn't even play much. In he college. was big and long and had this reputation essentially already that he was going to be a superstar and, like, and has I've, done nothing. I've said for a very long time that they need to bring back in the rule that you need to be at college for four years or go overseas. Yeah, um, because. Like you look at Damien Lillard, for example, or CJ McCollum, they weren't highly recruited and went to small colleges, but they stayed for their four years. And Did then Steph? Steph was three years. Three, okay. But um, yeah, you could say he's another one, but he he was a bit iffy at the start of his career. But I think that it was more to do with injury. that was his ankles. Yes, but he but they stayed at college, their bodies matured, and they learnt how to play the game. So when they got on the court in the NBA, they weren't learning. They weren't developing. They weren't building their bodies. They were there to contribute to their teams. Agreed. Absolutely. And one player at the moment comes to mind down in Miami. Yeah. Jamie Vasquez Jr., or however you say his name, Triple J, stealing it we'll from... Run with Triple uh, J. Yeah, Triple J. But, but he, he's playing phenomenal. He for played them. four years at UCLA. Wasn't even that great on their team. But he learned how to hustle. He learned how to play. He learned the fundamentals yep. behind a good college coach. And he comes in now and he's contributing. Yeah. And like players, you always find them, you always, they low recruits in the draft and that sort of stuff where people are like, oh, where's this guy come from? Like he's played four years in college. And I'm like, yeah, that's why they picked him. Yeah. Because he's a mature body and knows what he's doing. And that's the thing we've talked about in previous pods too about rookies hitting that rookie wall after like 55 60 games if you're a seasoned four-year college player the likelihood of that is a whole lot less than someone who's a one and done yeah or like we just mentioned wiseman who played all of three games or whatever it was. because even though they aren't professional they are still living a semi-professional lifestyle at 
at college. college. And where and, they're working out every day, they're going to the weights room, they're putting on muscle, they're trying, they're eating right. Most of them have meal plans that are prepared for them at college. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with the Europeans, especially, you know, like Luke has been a professional since he was 16 years old. Yeah, Ricky Rubio was another same. one. He he went pro at like 13 or something and was playing like professional basketball in Europe. Yeah, so these guys are coming from a professional background already. And as you say, college where it's essentially semi-professional anyway. Yeah, but players like longevity in the league that came in from overseas like uh, Luis Scola, Boris Diaw. Yeah, these guys um, had great careers. All these guys had Manu. great careers. Even like a Tiago splitter and stuff just came in and he knew how to play the game right because he'd yep. grown up in systems that promoted good basketball. Um, and you see it now in FIBA as well. Yeah. Like Americans come in, they're like, oh, look, we're, we're NBA players. We're, we're going to jump over blah, 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 blah. But then they get beaten by ball movement. Yep. They get beaten by hustle. They get beat by just team defense. Yeah, there are some, some American players whose game does translate really well to FIBA like Josh Hart comes to mind. Yeah. But you can't just expect that you're just going to out-jump everybody in a FIBA tournament. And and I know we've talked about it with Josh Giddy, for example, who has has had a pretty pretty amazing NBA career already. Yes. It's, it's a bit of a down season at the moment, but his game didn't translate very well into the FIBA tournament just recently because he's playing in the NBA and that's how he tried to play. Yeah, he tried to play NBA-style basketball at FIBA and it just didn't work no. for him. And the Aussies struggled. Yeah, the Aussies struggled this year. Like I think Paddy Mills struggled. His no, his um, skill set translates well to FIBA. It does, but he's struggling too because he's not getting on the court. Well, they they didn't get him the ball enough because Giddy, Giddy, Giddy didn't Giddy didn't pass it much. No. But like we're we're getting off topic a little bit here. But <laughs> but no, correct. Like obviously Giddy played his one year in the NBL here in Australia, and then got drafted number six overall. Um, but so he was used to playing a different style of basketball. Obviously he played for uh, the Adelaide 36ers here who were trash that year. Absolute trash. But he got an opportunity to play. He got an opportunity to play, but went over there and he's just learnt the NBA style of basketball where they don't play defense and it, and it's just a lot easier for an offensive player to do things. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Alexander Starr, I think his name is, he's playing at Perth here in Australia at the moment, and he's uh, projected to be the number one pick or thereabouts in next year's draft, and how his game's going to translate. You can look at Wemby this season. Now, again, he's a a different beast altogether because of his body type. But you already look at the way Wemby's playing in the NBA. Exactly. He is an all-around player because he has like been playing in France and learns how to do it. And you, that's, around, a well-rounded game of basketball. And that's the difference when you're looking at him to Chet as well, perhaps, is that, okay, Chet had last season out of the league because of injury. So he's been in the system a little bit longer. So he does know it a little bit more. So he's a step ahead of some of the other rookies this year. But like you say, Victor comes from a very different like, background. Don't get me wrong. There is exceptions to the rule. Like I'd think about like a Pablo Banquero or something. Um, how he he was one and done in college, but he's come in and he's just an absolute jet. And he's a big body player yeah. already too. But I think his game is, it's not built around flash and athleticism I like guess, some of the others are. I guess moving forward, where I'm kind of getting with this is that the whole system in America needs to be rethought or NBA teams need to stop picking players on their social media posts yeah. and more around longevity players in the in college basketball players that have been there for four years 
take a chance on a, an old older head that's 21 years old coming out of college. Do you think we're ever going to see another LeBron? Someone who came straight out of high school. And is going to be that good. And has done what he's done. Oh, look, I wouldn't say no. Um, but there is there's obviously, except like there's rules around them not coming out of high school. Now, now there are. Yep. Yes. But um, oh, I was watching something the other day where someone actually was the last one that came out of high school. I sent you a message. Anthony about Simmons. Anthony Simmons was the last one because JJ he lost his um, college. college no, he lost his college scholarship. So he did, oh, a, scholarship. did a fifth year in high school. Um, right. And then they were just like, oh, yeah, you can go into the draft if you want. Yep. And he was just like, oh, because he did. He went to um, a prep school, uh, IMG Academy. And then, uh, and then, yeah, was he still is the last high school player to do it? But look, he's he's one in his own, LeBron. Honestly, he's just a different beast like, altogether, isn't he? Um, I don't, I don't act. Yep. Okay, I'll answer your question. I don't think we'll ever see another no. player come out of high school that good. No, and not only was he that good, you look at twenty years later, and he's still legit. Like he's yeah. an all star starter this year. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's a bit of a rant to end on for this episode of the podcast. But it is something that we've wanted to touch on for a while now. Yeah, like growing up here in Australia, we've played a lot of basketball, um, competitive basketball, where we get taught fundamentals and stuff. and How to defend, how, how to, to rotate. Defend, how to throw an entry pass to the post. Yeah. That I watch the NBA some days and I'm literally just like, why are you trying to pass it to the post from there? Or even and just like, the passing to the damn. wrong hand in the post. Yeah, like they're just there's just stuff that just gets missed. In and it's the because NBA. they're just athletes. And it's frustrating. Yes. They can throw a bad pass and, and someone in the post can make it look okay. Yeah. Um but let us know what you think. Um once again, we've got the Facebook and Instagram. Jump on, give us a follow. We've we've actually haven't had any followers in a while. Yeah, right. I have I haven't been posting much the other day. Um, we've got a poll up at the moment on one of our posts about where you think the next expansion team is going to go in the NBA. As we uh, released that in our time episode um, last week. So yeah, we'll. Uh, thanks for staying with us, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Catch you guys on the flippity flip.